feminist icon, author, activist, and doctor, Nawal El Sadawi has died, aged 89. Sadawi's activism and writing focused on the liberation of women, female genital mutilation, religion, and colonialism. On News Extra today, through an illustrated conversation with Egyptian feminist author Mona Heltahawi, we commemorate the life and legacy of Nawal El Sadawi. Hi, Mona. Thank you for joining us today. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Just from Nawal's childhood. How did her childhood inspire her life's work? Nawal was born in Egypt. And, you know, she writes a lot about how her grandmothers shaped her life. And, you know, I met Nawal in the early 90s when I was a young journalist and feminist in Egypt. And I remember that was one of the first things that she told me, that her grandmother said to her as a child, all you need to know about God is love, freedom and justice. And I will always remember that because I think that is the heart of the feminist struggle. So Nawal got that from one grandmother, but she also got from another grandmother the importance of boys and the diminishment of girls. And she picked up from this other grandmother that or one boy is worth 15 girls. And that was such an early lesson for her in the damage that patriarchy does in our self-esteem as you know, girls, as femmes, as people who are not born in cisgender, heterosexual male bodies, you know? The second cruel, cruel lesson that Noelle learned about what it's like to be born a girl in Egypt was when she was subjected to female genital mutilation at the age of six. And it was an especially harsh lesson because her, her mother was there during her cutting. And she never forgot that. And, she, and, and it was an early lesson for, for her in the way that patriarchy recruits women to police the bodies of girls and women. And patriarchy recruits women to continue the pain that they themselves suffered and they subjected onto their girls in order for the dictates of patriarchy to continue. And I think this, this paved the way for so much of Noel's writing. She was the first woman in Egypt to write openly about female genital mutilation. My name is Oprah Onyado, an avid book lover. Here is an excerpt from The Hidden Face of Eve, Women in the Arab World. I just wept and called out to my mother for help. But the worst shock of all was when I looked around and found her standing by my side. Yes, it was her. I could not be mistaken. In flesh and blood, right in the midst of these strangers, talking to them and smiling at them as though they had not participated in slaughtering her daughter just a few minutes ago. That was an excerpt from Nawal El Sadawi's The Hidden Face of Eve, published in 1977.
Nawalu was a doctor, she was a writer, she was many things. Um, how did she use her social capital and privilege to advance feminism? Well, Noelle always said, you know, that she never wanted to be a doctor. She became a doctor because her father wanted her to become a doctor. Yeah. So, you know, that's another reminder of, you know, patriarchy. You know, Noelle's life spoke to so much that we continue to fight in Egypt and we continue to fight around the world. But for me as an Egyptian, it's such a reminder of, because you know, my mother is a doctor and my father is a doctor. My mother wanted me to be a doctor, but I refused. I didn't want to be a doctor. I wanted to be a journalist, you know? So when I read Nawal's story, it really speaks to me. And I think it speaks to so many of us across the African continent, because these are our stories that for the longest time, we were told, do not speak of them. And this is where Noelle comes and this is where she used her privilege. She was saying, as a doctor, I can say these things because I understand, because my medical training taught me about these things and I'm seeing girls being subjected to genital mutilation and it reminded me of my own. And then she also used her ability to write and her courage to say the unsayable. The fact that a woman was connecting female genital mutilation to sexual pleasure was so scandalous in Egypt. We've been fighting female genital mutilation in Egypt for a hundred years and still we can't eradicate it. So Noel was clearly saying, I can do this, I write, people listen to me and I will use my privilege, that's what we say now, to say things that women who don't have that privilege are not able to say right now. And despite that privilege, she was punished for her having a voice, imprisonment, threats to her life, exiles, job losses, all as a result of her activism. Yet she continued the fight for freedom. In what ways did these circumstances affect her life? Absolutely. Everything you say is a reminder of the dangers of being a feminist in a patriarchal world. Because feminism is such a threat to the patriarchy everywhere, the patriarchy inflicts harm and endangers the lives of feminists everywhere. And we see that in Noelle's life. She was, like you said, she was imprisoned for three months by the Sadat regime. She was fired from her job. Her books were banned. She was put on a death list by religious fundamentalists who wanted her to be exterminated. So she paid a very high price for her feminism, but she, she persisted, like you said, and it's really important to remember this because we have to understand that confronting patriarchy comes with risk because it's, it's a revolution and revolution is risk and revolution takes courage and revolution means that we look patriarchy in the eye and say, I will not stop until I am free. And that's what Noelle did. She lived in exile for a while in the United States. She often said, you know, one of the biggest things that, that shocked her in her life was that she was given awards from so many different countries, except her own country of birth. So this is another reminder too, that as feminists, often our own countries fight us harder than anywhere else. But as a feminist who was also intent on changing the world, Noelle understood her position because she didn't just criticize patriarchy in Egypt. She connected patriarchy in Egypt to patriarchy in the United States. She criticized patriarchy in Egypt. She criticized capitalism. She criticized imperialism. She criticized gender Racism. inequality across the world. Racism. Yes, all of it. All of those things. And, and so it's also a reminder that we must be, as we, as we now say, intersectional in our feminism. 
And I'll come to the question of intersectionality in a minute, but let's talk about religion for a little bit. So yourself and Nawal were both born into Islam. She's quoted as saying in an interview that the roots of the oppression of women lies in the global postmodern capitalist system, which is supported by religious fundamentalism. She also called the Islamic veil a tool of oppression of women. And in another quote, um, right off the back of the Egyptian revolution of 2011, she says, I used to not look at women in the niqab, that changed. So are you of the opinion that have you on the intersection between Islam and feminism changed or was changing in her later years? Yeah, you know, I think it's really important to follow the developments in Noelle Sadawi's feminism. And I think it's a really important lesson that as feminists, we are uh, flexible and we uh, change and the more we encounter differences because you know also the black feminist lesbian poet audrey lord spoke often about our differences and how our differences can be uh, sources of knowledge and strength not just sources of conflict so i see a real development and evolution in Nawal's feminism. So I think what happened is that Nawal came from a very, very, um, for lack of a better term, in a very simplistic way, like anti-hijab position. But then she began to also connect that to the, the modesty and the veiling in other religions and how modesty is used as a tool of oppression. She began talking about it within Islam, but then she also connected it to Christianity and Judaism and religion as a whole. And I think it's really important to see that because feminism evolves and our journey through feminism evolves. So I think that Nawal also in, in, intended on connecting misogyny and patriarchy within Islam, but within all of the religions so that we understood as women that our fight was won and it was a fight against patriarchy, regardless of whether we were Christian or atheist or Muslim or Jewish or Hindu. And outside of religion now to what she calls the other side of the same coin, there's another quote from her, the veiling and the nakedness of women are two sides of the same coin, which is this coin rather, it is the same oppression at work. Yeah. Hmm. As a young woman reading this in 2021, uh, the question that comes to mind is, was Nawal feminism intersectional enough? Was it inclusive enough? You know, I think this is this is an issue that, that comes up again and again, especially with women of your generation, women of my generation and women of Noel's generation. Because I think each of our generations, while our fight is against patriarchy, there comes a point where we recognize that we have to take the baton from the generation that came before us and, and take it further. And you see it now happening with over around sex work, you see it now happening around trans issues and you see it now happening as you know we're discussing now over bodily autonomy. So I think that it's important to understand that, that we take from what Noelle was saying and if it hasn't gone far enough for us now, that we build on it and take it to where we want it to go. And I think we must always think of feminism as a revolution that evolves and takes us closer and closer to the destruction of patriarchy. Do you know what I mean? Yes, that's an excellent analogy. Talking about Nawal's books now, her talks, her life, her work, why is it important? Why is reading Nawal important? 
You know, soon after she died, I got an email from an Egyptian woman. She discovered Nawal's works when this Egyptian woman was 15 years old. And she said to me, Nawal Sadawi was the first person who made me feel I was not insane or unworthy. That's such a powerful thing, you know, for a 15-year-old girl to pick up a book and to feel from reading this book by Nawal Sadawi that she, this 15-year-old girl, was not insane and she was not unworthy. This is the power of a book. You pick up a book and everything in the world about you, this patriarchal world has made you feel that you are insane and that you are unworthy. And this book says to you, you are not insane. You are not unworthy. And that is the power of books and that is the power of feminism. So I think this is why it's important to read Nawal Sadawi. And to the women, men, non-binary folk listening, what is that one definitive book from Nawal El Sadawi? Woman at Point Zero, I think so beautifully and succinctly captures the rage of Nawal Sadawi. So many interviews Nawal Sadawi would say, I continue to write because I'm angry, because I'm angry, because how can you not be angry at the injustice of patriarchy, you know? So Woman at Point Zero is a very short book. You can read it in one sitting because it, the book is about a sex worker who is about to be executed because she murdered her pimp. And the sex worker says to the narrator of the novel, and the, the narrator is, is a, a, a sit-in for Nawal Sadawi, you know? So Nawal met sex workers when she was in prison, and she very famously said that she wrote some of her memoirs from prison using an eyebrow pencil that a sex worker in prison with her, in her cell gave her, and she wrote it on toilet paper, you know? So she could yeah. smuggle it out of prison. So the, the, the sex worker at the heart of woman at point zero is called Ferdos. And Ferdos uh, says that the men who put her on trial said to her, you are a dangerous and savage woman. And she replied, the truth is dangerous and savage. And that's why I'm a dangerous and savage woman. So that's the fiction book that I recommend. And then for nonfiction, you know, I would recommend her, um, her autobiography, Daughter of Isis. That's the first part that, that chronicles her life as a young woman. But I would also recommend um, the, what, what is it called? It's the, the book about the oppression of women in the Arab world. So it has various titles it's depending the, on the is language. Is it the hidden face of Eve? Yes, women in the hidden yes. face of Eve. That's my exactly. favorite one. I was hoping you'd I'm say so that. glad. Because in Arabic it had another title, but in English it was the hidden face of Eve because I think that captures her work for nonfiction readers. I'm so glad that you know it. My name is Aisha Salahuddin. I'm a journalist and producer. I first read about Nawal El Sadawi seven years ago when I recently became a feminist and was looking for feminist texts or authors, you know, who had written about women's issues. I'll be reading an excerpt from Woman at Point Zero, published in Arabic in 1975. Men impose deception on women and punish them for being deceived, force them down to the lowest level and punish them for falling so low binds them in marriage and then chastise them with menial service for life or insults or blows. Nawal Sadawi was a feminist revolutionary, not just for Egypt, not just for the African continent, but for the whole world. And her books are the legacy that she has given to us they are the foundation of our continued feminist revolution against the patriarchy. 
take Nawal's books, look patriarchy in the eye, and say, I will destroy you. That was Mona Heltahawi, feminist author, speaking on the life, work, and legacy of Nawal El Sadawi. For Radio Now, I am Esai Humu.